0: love history but hate when it's stuffy and boring well look no further and join me katie charlwood your the neighborhood social scientist and reader of books as i delve into unsolved historical mysteries murders by gaslight and of course women who have been misrepresented through all time on who did what now the history podcast that's not your history class listen wherever you get your podcasts <laughs> Hello and welcome to History Tea Time. I'm Lindsay Holliday and I'm spilling the tea on history. I'm excited to watch the Bridgerton spin off, Queen Charlotte. As with most historic dramas, I'm anticipating it will be entertaining but not especially historically accurate. So it seems like the perfect time to catch you up on the real story of Queen Charlotte of Mecklenburg Strelitz and her 15 children. In last week's episode, we got to know Queen Charlotte herself, her many surprising contributions to culture, and her loving, if unequal, relationship with King George III of the UK. Today, we'll explore the lives of her 15 fascinating and scandalous children. King George III of Great Britain and Ireland and his German wife, Charlotte of mecklenburg strelitz had a close and loving relationship, which resulted in an astonishing 15 children. The couple preferred a quiet life at home to socializing at court. George was relatively down-to-earth and far more involved with his children than previous generations of royals. He enjoyed tumbling around on the floor with his brood and playing games in the garden. Charlotte loved her children dearly but was more strict and formal than her husband. Having so many royal children was at once a blessing and a curse. If you think Queen Elizabeth's four children cause a lot of scandal and cost a lot of taxpayer money, multiply that by 3.75. Having an heir and so many spares should have secured the line of succession, but the king and queen were overprotective of their daughters and resisted allowing them to marry. They called Q Palace the nunnery and had romances with palace staff, but none of them had any surviving children. The sons were far more interested in their mistresses and produced dozens of illegitimate children. Towards the end of King George's life, he didn't have a single legitimate grandchild, and Parliament had to bribe the middle-aged princes to finally walk down the aisle. The result was Queen Victoria, who had to deal with the bad reputations of her many wicked uncles and aunts, and some serious family drama. Let's meet King George III and Queen Charlotte's nine sons and six daughters. George IV As the first-born son of the king, George became Duke of Cornwall and Rothsay at birth and was created Prince of Wales at just a few days old. He excelled in education and learned French, German, and Italian. At 18, he was given his own palace, Carlton House, where he threw himself into heavy drinking and cavorting with women. He was witty, both drunk and sober, and had excellent but expensive tastes. His annual allowance, £50,000, about £6 million today, was not nearly enough to keep up with his extravagant lifestyle. In the grand Hanoverian style, George frequently had vicious arguments with his parents, mostly over money and his love life. He became infatuated with a commoner, Maria Fitzherbert, who was a Catholic. According to the 1701 Act of Settlement, the spouse of a Catholic could not succeed to the British throne, and he could not legally wed without his father's permission. Nonetheless, George and Maria held a secret wedding ceremony. The couple lived together for several years, and rumors persist that they may have had children, but none have been confirmed. George was deeply in debt, and his father refused to bail him out. His friends in Parliament offered to grant him money, if he would publicly deny his relationship with Maria. He did and she was so hurt that she nearly left him. In 1788, when the Prince was 26 and his father 50, the King began suffering serious mental illness. He was unable to deliver the speech necessary to open Parliament. Parliament thus named George regent, giving him the power to govern in his father's place. King George wavered in and out of lucidity for the next three decades. When he was well, he was in charge, and when he lapsed back into madness, the prince regent ruled the nation. During a lucid period, the king once again refused to bail his 33-year-old son out of debt, unless he finally made a legitimate marriage and produced an heir. The prince agreed and wed his cousin, Princess Caroline of Brunswick, but the couple immediately disliked each other. She called him very fat and nothing like as handsome as his portrait and she was wounded by his clear preference for Maria Fitzherbert, who was present at their engagement dinner. He disliked her chattiness, jibes at Maria, and expressed concerns about her hygiene. George was drunk at the wedding and spent only his wedding night with his bride, but that was long enough for her to conceive a child, Charlotte. But the couple separated after they had done their duty by producing an heir. George returned to Maria and took a number of other mistresses. In 1810, King George's mental health broke down completely, following the death of his youngest daughter, Amelia. The prince was once again named regent. This 10-year period in history is known as the Regency Era. George was far less politically involved than his father had been and allowed his ministers to run the country he was more interested in fashion and decorating his palaces. He associated with fashion-setting dandy Beau Brummel and architect John Nash. The prince greatly influenced the Regency style, most notably his Indian-inspired Brighton Pavilion. In 1817, George's only child, 21-year-old Princess Charlotte, was happily married and about to give birth to her first child. She was the nation's sweetheart, and its hopes for the future were set on her. Charlotte had a terribly difficult delivery, and her baby was stillborn. The princess died in the night. The outpouring of grief was massive, and without an heir, the future of the monarchy hung in the balance. As George's legal wife, Caroline, was now past menopause, there was nothing he could do about the succession so his younger brothers were called on to finally father a new generation of royals. In 1820, King George III died at the age of 81. 57-year-old George finally became king. He was obese and addicted to laudanum. He spent an obscene even for him 243,000 pounds, about 22 million today, on his lavish, over-the-top coronation, complete with three new crowns filled with diamonds and a robe so long and heavy it took eight sons of peers to carry it. His long-estranged wife, Caroline, showed up to be crowned Queen, and George ordered the doors of Westminster Abbey slammed in her face. Caroline died of cancer three weeks later. The King denied her a state funeral, but Londoners seized her coffin and paraded it through the streets. Napoleon had taken control of France and set up members of his own family as monarchs in the many other European countries he conquered, including the king's ancestral homeland of Hanover. Now, Napoleon was poised to invade Russia, and Britain stood virtually alone. Despite George's incompetence, he had a strong military and two ingenious commanders, Wellington and Nelson who won the Napoleonic Wars for Britain. But the domestic problems weren't over yet. The beginning of the Industrial Revolution replaced many workers with machinery, and thousands of former soldiers were left unemployed. And a poor harvest in 1816 caused famine parliamentary representation had not changed since the middle ages so many manufacturing cities that had grown large had no representation while sparsely populated so-called rotten boroughs had enough mps to always get their way george prevented parliamentary reform and didn't lift a finger to help his people With so many of the crowned heads of Europe recently put in baskets, George was completely out of touch. He was hugely unpopular and was the frequent subject of vicious cartoons. Terrified of being attacked and ashamed of his massive figure, George avoided being seen in public. He suffered from several weight-related maladies, including gout and dropsy he was also beginning to show signs of the madness that had claimed his father. After yet another massive meal, washed down with copious quantities of alcohol, George died at 67, passing the throne to his third brother, William. Frederick At six months old, the king's second son was named Prince Bishop of Osnabrück in Germany. The Peace of Westphalia, which had ended the Thirty Years' War between Catholic and Protestant kingdoms in 1648, stipulated that Osnabruck must be ruled over by alternating Catholic and Protestant bishops, elected from the members of the House of Hanover. The bishopric came with a substantial income. When Frederick was 17, he and his younger brothers, Edward, Ernst, Augustus and Adolphus, were all sent to Hanover to attend the University of Göttingen. After returning to the UK, he was made a lieutenant general in the army. The hot-tempered young prince challenged a fellow officer to a duel for insulting him. His rival missed and the prince did not return fire. Frederick was created Duke of York, the traditional title for the second son of the king, Duke of Albany and Earl of Ulster. He took a seat in the House of Lords, from whence he advocated for his brother's appointment as regent. Frederick married his cousin, Princess Frederica Charlotte, the daughter of King Frederick Willem II of Prussia, but the pair never got along and separated shortly after the wedding. She lived at Oatlands, his country estate, and he preferred gallivanting around London. After the French Revolution, Napoleon took control of France and proceeded to conquer countries all over Europe. The prince was sent to Flanders to command an invasion of France and stop Napoleon. Despite the nepotism which got him his position, Frederick was a competent leader and won several battles. But that war was ultimately lost, and Frederick and his army retreated. The prince was promoted to field marshal and made commander-in-chief of the army. Frederick was given command of a coalition army and set off to invade Napoleon's Holland but a number of disasters, including a lack of supplies, forced him to withdraw. In Britain, the Duke's military failures were widely mocked. With the nursery rhyme, the grand old Duke of York, he had 10,000 men. He marched them up to the top of the hill, and he marched them down again. And when they were up, they were up. And when they were down, they were down. And when they were only halfway up, they were neither up nor down. He learned from his losses and set to reforming the British Army, after years of neglect. He was a key component in Britain's defense against Napoleon, and part of why the Emperor was ultimately defeated. Frederick supported the foundation of the Royal Military College Sandhurst, which remains the training school for British officers today, including many notable members of the British Royal Family. But Frederick became embroiled in scandal when his mistress, Marianne Clark, was found to have been selling army commissions under his name. The prince was forced to resign from the military. Frederick loved the nightlife in London and lost gobs of money gambling on cards and horse races. And, like his brother, he was excessively fond of food and drink. When Princess Charlotte died, Frederick was no help to the hunt for a new heir because he was already married to Frederica Charlotte, who was now past childbearing age. Upon George's ascension to the throne, Frederick briefly became heir presumptive, but he took poor care of his health and did not outlive his brother to become king. He died of dropsy and cardiovascular disease in 1827, age 63. William IV. With two older brothers, William was never expected to become king, but he was his father's favorite of the elder boys. King George worried that William would fall under the bad influence of his naughty brothers, so while he sent most of his sons to the army, he sent his favorite son to his favorite branch of the military, the navy. The king also ensured that William didn't get spoiled by ordering that he be treated just like any other 13-year-old midshipman. He did his share of the cooking and was arrested along with his shipmates after a drunken brawl in Gibraltar, but was hastily released from the brig when his identity became known. William was allowed to have a tutor on board to continue his education. The teen prince served in New York during the American Revolution. George Washington approved a plot to kidnap Prince William, which never came to pass. Next, he was given command of the HMS Pegasus and stationed in the West Indies under Horatio Nelson. The pair became great friends, dined together nightly, and when Nelson was married, William gave the bride away. At 25, the prince returned to England. He wanted to receive a dukedom like his older brothers, and when his father hesitated, he threatened to run for a seat in the House of Commons. Appalled, the king relented and named William Duke of Clarence and St. Andrews and Earl of Munster. He took up with a popular Irish actress, Dorothea Bland, known on stage as Mrs. Jordan. Mrs. to cover up an inconvenient pregnancy, and Jordan because she had crossed the water to launch her career. Dorothea already had three children, and she and the Duke had another 10 together, who were given the name Fitzclarence, Fitz being an Anglo-Saxon name for illegitimate children of noblemen. William lived a happy, quiet domestic life with Dorothea, whom he may have secretly married, and doted on their children. Their daughter, Elizabeth, is an ancestor of British Prime Minister David Cameron. Like his older brothers, William was always in debt. He pursued several wealthy heiresses, but was repeatedly rebuffed. When the Napoleonic Wars broke out, he requested a command, and was at first rebuffed because he had broken his arm during a drunken fall down a flight of stairs, but repeated requests were turned down, and though he was given the honorary title of Admiral, he never received a command. Instead, he spent his time in the House of Lords, where he argued against the abolition of slavery. During his time in the West Indies, he had been greatly influenced by plantation owners, and he believed enslaved people were better off in bondage, stating that they were well cared for and in a state of humble happiness. He lost the argument though, and Britain made slavery illegal in 1807. In 1817, Princess Charlotte died. King George III's 12 living children didn't have a single legitimate child among them. Hoping to avoid a succession crisis, Parliament offered generous allowances to the Royal Dukes if they made legitimate marriages and fathered children. The princes rushed to the altar and the marriage bed. A popular poem of the time quipped, Hot and hard each royal pair are added hunting for the heir. 53 year old William had been living with Dorothea for 20 years. He abandoned her to marry 26 year old Adelaide of sox The newlyweds settled in Hanover which was less expensive than London and further from the scorned Dorothea who was at least provided an allowance for her children. William and Adelaide had a happy and contented companionship. She was a good influence and took control of his ruinous finances. She calmed his hot temper, got him to swear less, reduce his drinking, and eat a healthy diet. Meanwhile, his older brothers continued to overindulge. William walked daily and it was considered only a matter of time before he outlived George and Frederick and became king. William and Adelaide's first child was born prematurely and only lived for a few hours. She suffered a miscarriage and then gave birth to Elizabeth, who seemed strong but died at just three months old of an inflammation of the bowels. Stillborn twin boys followed, After these many tragedies, the couple gave up hope for more children, and though they were encouraged to keep trying for an heir, they avoided conceiving again. Once king, George made his brother Lord High Admiral of the Navy. From this position, William did away with whippings with the Cat tails. In 1830, George died, and with Frederick already dead, William was next in line he became King William IV. He was 63, the oldest person to date to assume the British throne. He insisted that his coronation be done on the cheap, and after his brother's ruinous spending, this made him fairly popular, at first. What made him unpopular was his obstinate attitude towards badly needed parliamentary reform. The House of Commons wanted more equal representation and for more people to be allowed to vote. This would take power from the House of Lords, so they opposed it, and William sided with his former colleagues. The people were outraged and revolution nearly broke out. William was forced to back down, and the Reform Act of 1832 got rid of the rotten boroughs, expanded suffrage, and limited the monarch's power in politics. After a seven-year reign, William died at 71, passing the throne to the next person in the line of succession, his younger brother Edward's only child, Victoria. And now, a quick break for a word from our sponsor. Charlotte. After the birth of three sons, George and Charlotte were delighted to have a daughter. She was called Princess Royal, the traditional title of the monarch's eldest daughter. At 18 months, she was given a French tutor and taught to recite poems and verses. She displayed an excellent memory for the rest of her life. She did not, however, take to music and dancing. She hated playing in the tableaus her parents orchestrated to show off their children to the public. Charlotte was constantly compared to her younger sister Augusta, who was considered remarkably beautiful, while Charlotte was very plain. When the daughters were in their late teens, marriage proposals started pouring in from European princes. Britain was a leading power in Europe, The daughters were refined and beautiful, and as they came from an astonishingly fertile mother, they were considered a sure bet for dynasty building. But the king and queen couldn't bear to be parted from their darling daughters and turned down prince after prince. George wrote, I cannot deny that I have never wished to see any of them marry. I am happy in their company and do not in the least want a separation. In the 18th century, royal brides went to live in their husband's country, and with travel being so treacherous and slow, they might not make it home again for years, if at all. Charlotte and her sisters grew restless and longed for freedom, families, and homes of their own. The Princess Royal was finally allowed to wed Frederick, hereditary prince of Württemberg. She was 31, shockingly old for an 18th century bride, but of all her sisters, she was wed at the youngest age. The couple had only one child, a stillborn daughter, but Charlotte became a loving stepmother to Frederick's four children. In 1800, Napoleon's army occupied Württemberg and the royals fled to Vienna. Frederick negotiated with the French Emperor and in exchange for providing troops, he was declared King of Württemberg. This alliance made him an enemy of his father-in-law. King George III refused to address his daughter as Queen. Frederick eventually switched sides and allied himself with his brother-in-law, George, who became Prince Regent once his father's mental illness left him unable to rule. When Napoleon was defeated in 1815, the Congress of Vienna confirmed Frederick's title as King of Württemberg. He died the following year. Charlotte continued to live at Ludwigsburg Palace with her stepson, King Willem I. She received visits from many of her siblings and was named godmother to her niece, the future Queen Victoria. In 1827, she returned to Britain for the first time since her wedding 30 years earlier to have surgery for dropsy. She died the following year, age 62. Edward was often bullied by his three elder brothers. He was educated in Geneva, Switzerland, where he joined a Masonic lodge and began a relationship with the wife of a French colonel, Julie Saint Laurent. The Prince was stationed with the army in Gibraltar, and he had Julie smuggled there to be with him. Edward hated the Mediterranean heat and requested to be reassigned to Quebec, Canada. He brought Julie with him. He was promoted to Major General and was given a command during the Battle of Martinique in the West Indies. Next, he was stationed in Halifax, Nova Scotia, where he shaped the settlement's military defenses and civic buildings, and constructed a residence which he shared with Julie. Prince Edward Island was named in his honor, so think of him next time you enjoy a bowl of mussels. Historians don't believe Edward and Julie had any children together, though a number of Canadian and Nova Scotian families claim descent from the couple. After falling from a horse, Edward returned home where he was created Duke of Kent and Strathern and Earl of Dublin. He was next appointed Governor of Gibraltar. He wanted to restore discipline among the drunken troops, but his harsh measures caused mutiny and he was forced to return home again. His military career came to an end at 35 and he was granted the honorary rank of Field Marshal. Edward continued to be bullied by his older brothers, but he maintained that he would outlive them all and become king. At the time, the British line of succession to the throne followed the rules of male primogeniture. This gives the right of succession to the eldest son of the monarch, sons outrank daughters in each generation. If the eldest son has children, then the throne will go next to them. King George III's eldest son, George, did have one child, a daughter, Princess Charlotte. The popular princess was expected to follow her father and become queen someday. But in 1817, she died giving birth to a stillborn son at the age of 21. The nation grieved deeply for Charlotte, and without an heir to the throne, the monarchy and the future of the nation hung in the balance. Despite fathering 15 children, King George didn't have a single legitimate grandchild to carry on the dynasty. His sons had all been busy with their mistresses and the daughters had been locked away in Kew Palace and prevented from marrying. To avoid a crisis, Parliament bribed the Royal Dukes to leave their mistresses, contract legal royal marriages, and get to reproducing offspring so that the monarchy could live on. Edward left Julie, his mistress of 28 years, to marry Princess Victoria of saxe coburg saalfeld in a double wedding with his older brother, William, and his bride, Adelaide. Victoria was the sister of Princess Charlotte's widower, Prince Leopold. The couple remained in Germany, where they could live cheaply. But within a year, Victoria was pregnant. In order to be considered a legitimate heir, their child had to be born on British soil. So the couple raced across stormy seas to arrive at Kensington Palace just in time for the birth. The baby's christening caused a family row. Edward wanted to call her Charlotte, but Prince George goffed at the use of his deceased daughter's name. Next, Georgiana was suggested, but George was even more affronted to the obvious show that this child would one day follow him on the throne. After driving the Duchess to tears, George finally said that the baby should be named after her mother, and so she was christened Victoria. Edward took great pride in his daughter, telling friends to look at her well, for she would one day be queen. According to the rules, the throne would be passed down the line of brothers until it stopped at one who had a legitimate child. As none of Edward's older brothers had any living legitimate children, Victoria was destined to inherit the throne. When she was just eight months old, Edward died of pneumonia at the age of 52. He failed to outlive his three older brothers and become king, but Victoria did become queen in 1837 at the age of 18. She gave birth to nine children and is an ancestor to the current monarchs of the UK, Denmark, Norway, Spain, and Sweden. Augusta Sophia. King George was delighted to have another daughter and give Princess Charlotte a playmate. He was noted to favor his female offspring. The princess received a typical feminine education in etiquette, music, dancing, and art, but their mother hired well-educated governesses to teach them English, French, German, and geography as well. Augusta was considered the most beautiful of the older sisters, but was also painfully shy. At 14, she had her social debut at her father's birthday celebration. Because of her dread of crowds, her mother did not tell her she would be center stage until right before the event. Augusta hated tension in the family and often escaped into her coin collection when there was strife between her parents and brothers. She was happiest at home and doted on her younger siblings. Augusta was particularly close to her older brother, William, and often wore an enamel anchor pendant in honor of him while he was away in the Navy. By 17, the attractive princess was considered a great catch on the royal marriage market. Frederick, crown prince of Denmark, asking George for Augusta's hand in marriage, but the king's sister Caroline Matilda was Frederick's mother and she had been mistreated and abandoned by his father. George refused to allow any of his daughters to marry a Danish prince. Prince Frederick Adolf of Sweden also proposed to Augusta, but George and Charlotte would not grant their consent. King George saw how restless his older daughters were growing being stuck at home. In 1788, he finally gave in and promised to take them to Hanover to find them suitable German royal husbands. But he suffered his first serious bout of mental illness that year and the trip was cancelled. Queen Charlotte refused to bring up the question of their daughter's marriages to her husband for fear that the topic, which always distressed him, would spark a relapse, and the strain of his illness made her cling to her girls even tighter. Augusta began a relationship with Sir Brent Spencer, an Irish army officer who had served in the American Revolution. The pair conducted their love affair in the utmost secrecy. In 1812, 44-year-old Augusta asked her brother George, now Prince Regent, for permission to marry Brent. While no record of the nuptials exists, it was recorded in her sister Charlotte's court records that Augusta was privately married. Brent was holding a locket with Augusta's picture when he died in 1828. Augusta herself died in 1840, age 71. Elizabeth rounded out the trio of older princesses. At home, the daughters remained in morning dresses throughout the day and while attending lessons. They would then change into informal gowns for family dinners. Once they entered their teens, they were seen in public far more often, accompanying their parents to the theater, opera, and at court. The cost to dress so many daughters in fashionable gowns, hats, fans, and other items was enormous, and Queen Charlotte fretted over the £1,000 a month required, nearly £100,000 today. The three eldest princesses often wore matching dresses in different colours. Elizabeth had a sunny disposition and was an eternal optimist. She was their mother's favorite and the one the queen most dreaded marrying off. Though Elizabeth longed for a family of her own, she threw herself into her many hobbies. She was a talented artist and produced several books of engravings for charity. She also shared her father's interest in agriculture and started her own farm at a cottage in Old Windsor. She delighted in the produce of her garden and the eggs, milk, and butter from her livestock. She loved rich foods and was teased by her siblings about her weight. She had an excellent sense of humor and kept a large collection of jokes and witticisms. Elizabeth may have had a secret marriage to George Ramos, the son of one of their father's pages. Ramos had a daughter out of wedlock, Eliza, whose mother may have been Elizabeth. The baby was adopted by George's brother Harry, who raised her in India where he worked for the East India Company. Elizabeth also probably had a secret relationship with Alain Fitzherbert, Baron St. Helens, her father's lord of the bedchamber, who was 17 years her senior. The couple kept enamel portraits of each other. When Elizabeth was 38, she received a proposal from the exiled Duke of Orleans, who would go on to become Louis-Philippe I, King of the French. She was keen to accept, but her mother insisted that she turn him down because he was Catholic. At 44, while attending a ball, she saw Prince Frederick of hesse homburg in his dashing uniform. She whispered to a friend, if he is single, I will marry him. Four years later, he finally proposed. Elizabeth's mother again objected, fearing her move to Germany. But Elizabeth put her foot down and insisted that at 48, she finally be allowed to leave the nest. The bride wore a dress of silver tissue and Brussels lace with ostrich feathers in her hair. As her father was too unwell to attend, she was escorted to the altar by her brother Frederick. The couple honeymooned at the Prince Regent's seaside retreat, Brighton Pavilion. Though the marriage was one of convenience, the couple found that they were very content together. Elizabeth reveled in the freedom to do what she liked in Germany, away from the structure of the British court and her overbearing mother. Frederick succeeded his father as Landgrave of hess homburg Elizabeth's dowry allowed him to renovate his palace. Landgravine Elizabeth founded a daycare and school for children of working mothers. She mourned her missed opportunity to have children of her own, but she loved caring for the little ones at the school. She died in 1840, age 69, and was buried in Homburg. Ernst Augustus was the eldest of the younger set of sons. In childhood, they all lived with a tutor near their parents' residence at Kew Palace. As they entered adolescence, King George feared the bad influence his eldest son, George, was having on the younger boys. So he shipped Ernst, Adolphus, and Augustus off to the other kingdom he ruled, Hanover in modern-day Germany. The princes attended the University of Göttingen. Ernst excelled in his studies and military training. He took easily to horseback and was an excellent shot. He was commissioned as a colonel in the Hanoverian cavalry and served under his brother Frederick in the Netherlands during the Napoleonic War. During a battle he received a disfiguring facial wound and a passing cannonball blinded him in one eye. He returned home for treatment but the eye was found to be inoperable. Ernst was eager to return to action and petitioned Frederick for a command in the British Army but he was repeatedly denied and remained frustrated over the issue for years. Ernst was created Duke of Cumberland and Taviotdale and took an active role in the House of Lords. His views were extremely conservative, and he became leader of the Tory party. He argued against Irish Catholic emancipation and sided with his father on many issues, which were seen as increasingly out of touch. Ernst was greatly disliked by the British people, and because he did not conduct scandalous love affairs in public like his older brothers, whispers circled about what greater sins the Duke might be up to in private. Ernst claimed to have been attacked in his sleep. When he called for help, his servants found that one of his valets, Joseph Sellis, was not among them. Joseph was found locked in his room with his throat freshly cut. Rumors flew that Ernst had murdered his valet, possibly because he was sleeping with Joseph's wife or because he was sleeping with Joseph himself and was being blackmailed. An anti-monarchist led the inquest and tried to pin charges on the Duke, but the verdict came back as death by suicide. George Salas' ghost would continue to haunt the prince, as would persistent rumors that he had fathered a child by his own sister, Princess Sophia. Sophia did disappear for several months, at the end of which one of the court equerries retired to raise a newborn son, whose mother was unknown. Historians continue to debate this issue. Some insist that Ernst raped Sophia, while others believe the rumors were created by his political enemies. Either way, Sophia's reputation was ruined, and she was never able to marry. At 42, Ernst fell in love with Duchess Frederica of Mecklenburg-Strelitz. Unfortunately, she was already married. She and her second husband did not get along and were attempting to negotiate a divorce. But he died suddenly and she became free to marry. Many felt the death was far too convenient and suggested Frederica had poisoned her husband. It didn't help that her first husband had also died young. Queen Charlotte disliked Frederica, as she had previously jilted Ernst's younger brother, Adolphus. The Queen refused to attend their wedding. Ernst and Frederica had a happy marriage and one son, George, who was born on May 27, 1819, three days after Princess Victoria. Were it not for her birth, Ernst and then George would have inherited the British throne, but they did get a royal consolation prize, the throne of Hanover. Since 1714, when Prince George Elector of Hanover inherited the British throne, kings of Britain had also been kings of Hanover in modern-day Germany. The British throne could be inherited by a woman, However, the throne of Hanover could only be inherited by a man. As the next male in line, Ernst became King of Hanover. He ruled for 14 years and was just as unpopular there as he had been in the UK. He brought his conservatism with him and met a good deal of resistance. He dismissed several government advisers, including fairy tale authors the Brothers Grimm, and faced a revolt which his army put down. The liberal Queen Victoria strongly disliked her uncle, and the feeling was mutual. There were rumors that he was plotting to murder her to get his hands on the British throne. Until Victoria gave birth to her own child, her uncle Ernst was her heir presumptive. Uncle and niece fought frequently. He disapproved of her choice of husband, Prince Albert, and tried to get his siblings to support stopping their wedding, but they ignored him. Ernst sued Victoria over Queen Charlotte's jewelry. He sneered the little queen looks very fine loaded down with my diamonds. Victoria claimed the historic heirlooms belonged to the British crown while Ernst insisted they should go to the Hanoverian male heir. He won the case and Queen Victoria's jewelry box was ransacked and packed off to Germany. Ernst died in 1851 at 80. His death was mourned very little in Britain. The Times did not print a black border as it usually did when a royal died it did print. The good that can be said of the royal dead is little or none. Ernst's son succeeded as King George V of Hanover. He was deposed by Prussia in 1866, and the Hanoverian monarchy was abolished. The current Prince of Hanover, Ernst August, is about as well-liked as his three times great-grandfather was. And now a quick break for a word from our sponsor. Augustus Frederick suffered from asthma, and while he joined his brothers in Hanover to attend university, he did not receive military training. He considered becoming a cleric in the Church of England. During the Napoleonic Wars, he served at home in a volunteer regiment. He was tall and often dressed in all black. He was kind-hearted, considerate, and liberal-minded. While traveling in Italy, the 20-year-old prince fell in love with Lady Augusta Murray, daughter of a Scottish earl. The couple wed in secret, but the king sent a minister to escort his wayward son home. Augusta followed him back to Britain, and the couple lived together illegally for 8 years. King George eventually bribed his son to leave her. He granted Augustus the titles Duke of Sussex, Earl of Inverness, and Baron Arklow, and granted Augusta an allowance to raise their two children. The Duke became patron of the Jews' Hospital and Orphan Asylum, a charity which still enjoys royal patronage and is known today as Norwood. Augustus became Grand Master of the Masonic Premier Grand Lodge of England. William IV appointed his younger brother chief ranger and keeper of St. James Park and Hyde Park. When Augusta Murray died, the prince considered himself free to marry again. The 58-year-old wed 46-year-old widow Cecilia Underwood, though he failed again to seek royal permission. Cecilia was not recognized as Duchess of Sussex, but Queen Victoria later granted her the title Duchess of Inverness. Augustus was by far Victoria's favorite uncle. He was caring and encouraging to her throughout her childhood and early reign. Augustus was there to support her when the slight 18-year-old queen faced a room full of old men to conduct her first cabinet meeting. He was also the uncle she chose to walk her down the aisle at her wedding. Victoria appointed Augustus governor of Windsor Castle. He was also president of the Society of Arts. He had an interest in biblical studies and Hebrew and his personal library contained over 50,000 manuscripts, some in Hebrew. Augustus died of erysipelas in 1843, age 70. Adolphus was educated alongside Ernst and served with him in the Hanoverian army. He was wounded and captured in battle, but was quickly rescued. During the Napoleonic Wars, Adolphus was sent to Berlin. Both the French and the Prussians wanted to take the city and surrounded it. Adolphus refused to surrender, but left and went home to London, leaving his second in command to deal with the perilous situation. Despite this failure, his father created him, Duke of Cambridge, Earl of Tipperary, and Baron Culloden. He served as Viceroy of Hanover for his brothers George and William when they were kings. When Princess Charlotte died in 1817, Adolphus was tasked with recruiting German princesses to marry his single older brothers, William and Edward. Once he negotiated their unions, he decided to take a bride for himself. The 44-year-old prince wed 20-year-old Princess Augusta of Hesse-Kessel. The couple had one son and two daughters. The youngest, Mary, wed the Duke of Teck and was the mother of Mary of Teck, who wed the future King George V in 1893. Thus, Adolphus is also an ancestor of Queen Elizabeth II. When William IV died in 1837 and Ernst succeeded as King of Hanover, he took over the principality and sent Adolphus home. He died in 1850, age 76. Mary was considered the most beautiful of George and Charlotte's daughters. She was well-behaved and obedient, and her sisters called her Mama's Tool at 16 she was allowed to dance for the first time at a ball given for her father's birthday the following spring she made her official court debut at 20 she fell in love with prince frederick son of Willem v prince of orange the dutch royals were living at the british court after having been chased out of the netherlands by napoleon's army but the pair were not allowed to wed As the king insisted that her elder sisters must be married first three years later frederick died of an infection while serving in the army and heartbroken mary was allowed to go into official mourning mary was the constant companion of her younger sister amelia she nursed her through a bout of measles which killed her at the age of 27. mary was distraught at the loss mary was close to her oldest brother george when his estranged wife left the country for italy mary congratulated him on the prospect of a good riddance by the age of 40 mary was sick of living under her mother's roof so she persuaded the queen to allow her to accept a proposal from her first cousin prince william frederick duke of gloucester and edinburgh who was the same age as she He had originally proposed to 19-year-old Princess Charlotte, but had been turned down. William fell very much in love with Mary, and while she never felt the same, she was happy to have her own home, Bagshot Park, and her freedom. Mary died in 1857, age 81. She was the last surviving and longest-lived child of King George III. Sophia Upon the birth of his 12th child, King George had serious worries about how all of his brood would be provided for. He persuaded Parliament to pass a bill granting an allowance of £6,000 a year to each of his daughters, either upon their marriage or upon his death. Sophia was brought up with her sisters Mary and Amelia. Their mother was aghast at the expense of buying fashionable clothes for her teenage daughters, so put the younger girls in inexpensive country-made dresses and fed them plain food. The queen did make education a priority. She allowed her daughters to play sports and rowdy games with their brothers and brought them with her to the theater and musical performances. Sophia was devoted to her father. She was described as a delightful though moody girl, pretty, delicate, and passionate. At 14, Sophia debuted at court on her father's birthday. The princesses were not allowed to socialize outside the palace. For entertainment, their mother read sermons to them. Sophia once wrote that her days were so deadly dull, I wish myself a kangaroo. When Prince George was appointed regent, he tried to bargain for a modicum of freedom for his dear sisters. But their mother was outraged and wounded and prevented most real change. The only men the princesses saw were court attendants, and like many of her sisters, Sophia became infatuated with one of them, her father's equerry, Major General Thomas Graff he was 33 years her senior and called a hideous old devil but sophia couldn't contain herself when she was near him at 23 sophia disappeared from court for several months after which time thomas retired to raise his newborn son whose mother was unnamed sophia may have secretly given birth to thomas's child But there were other rumors that the baby was actually the result of Sophia having been raped by her own brother, Ernst. Some historians believe this to be the case, while others argue that the rumors were created by Ernst's political enemies. Prince George did warn his sister not to be alone in the same room with Ernst either way sophia's damaged reputation ruined any chances she had of marrying she did visit thomas and his son thomas whenever she was able the younger thomas later attempted to blackmail the royal family with information he supposedly had about his parentage sophia was a favorite of her niece princess charlotte who didn't care for most of her aunts When Sophia was 41, her mother died, and she finally gained her freedom, but within a few years, she began to go blind, and was often dizzy and muddled. She may have suffered from the same mental illness as her father. She moved into a Kensington Palace apartment next to Duchess Victoria and her daughter, the future Queen Victoria. Sophia was one of the few paternal relatives the future Queen saw regularly and she was rather frightened of her aunt Sophia fell under the spell of Duchess Victoria's comptroller John Conroy who bullied and tried to control the future Queen throughout her childhood Sophia allowed Conroy to handle her finances which he used to buy himself three estates and she spied on young victoria and reported back to conroy further alienating aunt and niece sophia died in 1848 age 70. her family then discovered that conroy had squandered all of her wealth and she had nothing left her ghost is said to haunt kensington palace octavius was thus named because he was the king and queen's eighth son George, now dealing with rebellious teenage sons, doted on his youngest children. He tried to attend all their birthday parties, and the youngsters were brought every evening at 6 o'clock to play with their parents. A friend recorded a happy domestic scene of George carrying Sophia and Octavius in his arms. Prince Octavius was very docile, good-natured, and was the delight of all around him. He was 19 months old when his younger brother Alfred was born. When he was nearly two, Queen Charlotte decided to inoculate him against the deadly smallpox disease. 18th century inoculations were not like safe vaccinations of today. They involved infecting the patient with a live cowpox virus, which would prepare the body's immune system if attacked by smallpox. Cowpox was far less deadly than smallpox, but it was a dangerous disease. Millions were dying of smallpox, and inoculation saved countless lives, but it was still a gamble. The cowpox virus proved overwhelming for young Alfred, and he was taken by his governess to the seaside in the hopes that the fresh air and bathing in the cold water would improve his health at the coast he was a happy toddler but he continued to break out in pox and suffer chest problems he died on august 20th 1782 just a month shy of his second birthday his parents were devastated but they counted themselves extremely lucky that alfred was the only baby they had lost Childhood mortality was incredibly high and parents expected to lose a few of their children at a young age. The court did not go into official mourning for children under the age of 14. King George remarked, I am very sorry for Alfred, but had it been Octavius, I should have died too. Six months after Alfred's death, the parents made the difficult decision to inoculate Octavius and Sophia against smallpox as well. Sophia recovered quickly, but Octavius's health deteriorated and he died within a matter of days. He was buried alongside Alfred at Westminster Abbey. When the princesses went to an exhibition at the Royal Academy, they saw portraits of their dear brothers by Thomas Gainsborough. The sisters were so distraught that they broke down and cried in front of everyone. The deaths of the two youngest sons overwhelmed King George and exacerbated the decline of his mental health. He lamented, there will be no heaven for me if Octavius is not there in later years when in the grips of madness george would often hold conversations with his two dead sons and once mistook a pillow for octavius amelia queen charlotte was pregnant with amelia her 15th and last child when her 13th and 14th children octavius and alfred died of smallpox coming so soon after the tragic losses amelia was doted on by her siblings and quickly became her father's new favorite there was a six-year gap between the baby of the family and her nearest surviving sibling sophia she was 21 years younger than her eldest brother george Amelia was proud dignified and well aware of her position from a young age As a baby, when she met new people, she instantly held out her tiny hand to be kissed. The younger trio of sisters, Mary, Sophia, and Amelia, did not receive the same level of paternal involvement that their older sisters had. Amelia was only five when her father was incapacitated by mental illness. Painter Johann Zoffry created this portrait of the royal family with the six eldest well-behaved children without much difficulty, but John Singleton Copley was so challenged by getting the three younger princesses to sit still for this picture that he never painted another portrait. Amelia was described as the most turbulent and tempestuous of all the princesses but also charming, spirited, generous, and intelligent. She was the only sibling who got along with Prince George's wife, Caroline of Brunswick, who called her the most amiable of the bunch. But Amelia was often in poor health. At 15, she developed a pain in the joint of her knee and spent time at a seaside resort to recover. Later that year, she experienced the first symptoms of tuberculosis. At 19, while taking another seaside cure, the princess fell in love with an equerry, Charles Fitzroy, who was 40. Her mother turned a blind eye to the affair, and though she knew she could never marry him, Amelia told her brother Frederick that she considered herself to be married, and often signed letters with the initials AFR, Amelia Fitzroy. At 25, she came down with measles, and being stuck at home with her mother only worsened her misery. Her father sent her once more to the seaside with her favourite sister Mary, who nursed her for nearly two years. The anxious king called for daily reports on his daughter's health. She recovered enough to take short walks in the garden, but eventually was confined to her bed. Amelia died at the age of 27. Amelia was buried in the royal vault at St. George's Chapel, Windsor. She left all her possessions to Charles Fitzroy. Her brother George requested her death mask. On her deathbed, she sent a mourning ring to her father. George burst into tears when he received it her death exacerbated King George's mental decline. He would often shout her name repeatedly and sometimes held the delusion that his youngest child was only staying in Hanover with a large family of her own, where she would never grow old and always be well. You can now follow History Tea Time on Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe. I'll be putting out new podcast episodes each Thursday, revisiting and revamping my most popular YouTube videos, and adding even more fascinating information for your listening pleasure. Want some visuals with your history? Then check out my YouTube channel, also called History Tea Time with Lindsay Holiday, where you can find hundreds of videos about queens of the world, royal history, women's medical history, and more. This podcast is part of the Airwave Media Podcast Network. Visit airwavemedia.com to listen and subscribe to other great shows, like Queen's Podcast, Ancient History Fangirl, Redacted History, and more.